0: I'm so excited for this morning. I'm so excited for what the Lord has prepared for our hearts today. Worship prepares the vessel to receive. I said worship prepares the vessel to hear from heaven. There's been great worship, great praise that's gone into the throne of heaven. I believe and I know that this morning is going to be a day of breakthrough in the mind, in the heart, in the entire life of people this morning who will receive God's spoken word in faith. Come on, shout, by faith, shout, by faith, I will receive his word. By faith, I give my life away. And by faith, today is going to be the day of the greatest days of my life, starting today. As you make your way to be seated, can you high-five five five people and say, today's your day. Today's your day. Powerful God, church. We serve a supernatural father. He wants to work in the lives of his people in a supernatural way. One of the things that has been a common statement here is that if you come with no expectation, you reduce God to a man. Because God is supernatural and he must be, you must come in here with expectation of the supernatural. That God is going to do a supernatural work in your life. I said he wants to do a supernatural work in your life. I said he wants to do a supernatural work in your life. So there needs to be a supernatural expectation, a supernatural hunger, a supernatural thirst in the hearts and lives of his sons and daughters in the now, on earth, in the here, and in the now. One of the things that we've been talking um, in the last three weeks is all things Holy Spirit. The Old Testament is nothing more than God speaking. The New Testament, at least the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is is nothing more than Jesus speaking. The day that we live in now is the day of the Holy Spirit, Jesus in power, speaking in the hearts and lives of his people today. Unfortunately, most people have no clue who the Holy Spirit is. Some people believe the Holy Spirit to be a wind. Winds don't convict. Winds don't chastise. Winds don't encourage. Come on, somebody. He is more than a wind. He is a person. He has feelings. He can be grieved. He can be he, he can be hurt. He can be quenched. Scripture says, and if you want to know more about that, listen to the last 3 weeks. I've been trying to lay a foundation in order for you to understand the promise. Someone shot the promise. Jesus said, "I must go in order for you to receive the promise." Cuz if I stay in here, the power of God is limited only to one man on earth. But if I go, my spirit will be released upon all where my Holy Spirit can dwell amongst my people. Amongst you, Sherry. Amongst you, Stephen. Amongst you, Avon, Amongst you, Christina. His Holy Spirit wants to dwell amongst his people. He wants to make this place, someone shop, my place. He wants to make my place his temple. He wants to make my place his home. He wants to be able to dwell amongst his people or to walk with you through the work, walk with you through your families, be able to help guide you into all things, be able to teach you all truths, to be able to convict, chastise, rebuke, do all things in your life in order for all things to grow, for you to prosper in everything. God's desire is that you prosper in all things. But a lot of times we look in our life, a lot of people aren't, and we wonder why. Well, because we lost everything. We lost everything in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. Someone shout Genesis. Genesis. Genesis 1, 26. The Bible says that he created man in his image and in his likeness. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God created man in his image and his likeness. I hope you're taking notes because I probably have more scriptures today than any other Sunday because I really want to lay a foundation for you to understand and grow in God's word. Someone shout Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1. verse 26 talks about, you don't have to pull it up. I'm just going to be going really fast through these scriptures. I want them to take notes, and I want them to do their own personal Bible study. In Genesis chapter 1, 26, God gave power, dominion, and authority to his people. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, dominion, authority, and power. Someone shout dominion. Dominion. Someone Someone shout authority. Someone shout power. It was given to mankind. In Genesis chapter 1, it was a perfect place. No sickness, no disease. Man dwelt amongst God. Walked with, the Bible literally says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. He had a constant, consistent relationship with the Father. But in Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, we lost everything. In Genesis chapter 1, We were given everything. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, we lost everything. The Bible says that God told Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the fruits, you can eat of everything in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you must not touch or eat of its fruit. Satan came in and empowered the snake. The snake, the Bible talks about, was the most cunning of animals in all the garden. Satan inhabited the snake and because of that, manipulated Eve. Eve, the Bible literally says ate the apple, took the apple, gave it to Adam, and when Adam ate of the apple, everything changed. We see something change, but it's not what, if you read before that, we don't see it happen. The Bible says that he would die, or they would die. Did they die? Not in the natural, but they died in the supernatural. No longer did they have dominion, and no longer did they have authority, and no longer did they have power any longer why because they gave it over to the enemy but in Luke chapter 24 49 Jesus gives us instruction how to get the dominion how to get the authority and how to get the power back come on somebody I say come on somebody how many you want the power and the authority and dominion on earth amen And so in Luke chapter 24, 49, he gives instructions on what to do. Later, Jesus would say, y'all, you need to tarry here until you are endued with power. Do not leave this place. Don't go to any other place until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you are endued. Another translation for endued is clothed to where it comes upon you. Someone shall come upon me, Holy Spirit. So come on now, be with me, roll with me. Someone shout, come upon me, Holy Spirit. Come upon you, Holy Spirit. This is interesting because I thought when I got saved, to have the Holy Spirit. You do. But there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit in you versus having the Holy Spirit saturate all over you. The Bible says that when God um, created or formed man in his image, and in his likeness, he formed him with his hands, but he was still dead. So the Bible says, and God breathed. Someone shout, God breathed. And in that moment, he was filled. The, same, the word breathe is the same relationship that Jesus had when he was resurrected um, from the grave, and he came and he w- met his disciples, and in that room, the Bible says, and he breathed into them, the Holy Spirit. But watch this. They weren't empowered yet because he told them, you need to tarry here till you get clothed with it. Remember, I gave an illustration a while back. There's a difference between me drinking water. It's in me. But that same water that I drink isn't saturated all around me. God doesn't want you to have water in you. He wants the water, which is a, symbol, a symbolism of the Holy Spirit, to saturate every fiber of your being. He wants all of you. Someone shout, Holy Spirit wants all of me. Holy Spirit wants my entire life. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we were restored the power, the dominion, and the, and the authority. The Bible says in the Holy Spirit, the promise, what God, in the Old Testament, God kept introducing through symbolism the Christ, Jesus, who would come and restore all her humanity and to be able to give back what Adam lost. The New Testament is nothing more than now Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit being the Spirit or the power of God named the Holy Spirit. The power of God is named what? The power of God is named what? It's very key that you understand that the name of the power of God on earth is Holy Spirit, because it gives reference now that there, if there is a Holy Spirit, there is an unholy one. And his name is Satan with the third of the angels that roam to and fro, seeking whom they may devour. Their whole prime purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy you. Their whole purpose and what they are designed is to be able to speak lies over you, to deceive you just like it was with Satan and the Garden of Eden. That is all Satan does today. He, He hovers you. He hovers you and he says, There's no hope going to come to your son. He hovers you and speaks lies to you. There's no hope that's going to come to your children. He hovers you and says, there's only death to your your sons and to your daughters. He hovers you and he speaks lies. You're never going to get through that problem. He hovers you and says, you're never going to experience the supernatural. He hovers you. He hovers the earth. He is the prince of air, the Bible says. And he hovers the air, speaking lies, deceit. Manipulating and exploiting areas that we have no understanding of God's promises in our life. Isn't that what he did to Jesus? The Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days. Satan didn't lead him into a dry desert place. Satan didn't deliver him into a place where he couldn't eat. Satan didn't deliver him in there in order to be tempted by him. No, the Holy Spirit led Jesus. Jesus so many of our journey in life is not the devil because the devil has no power over you. The devil has no authority over you. The devil has no dominion over the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And so we find ourselves in desert lands. When we find ourselves in desert places, we find ourselves lacking in certain areas, and we think it's Satan. no, it's God. God wanting to see, will you be faithful? God wanting to see, will you be committed? God wanting to see, are you going to be bold and courageous over the promises that I've spoken over your life? Because God's word says his promises are yes and amen. His promises. Does anybody know any promises of God this morning? Does anybody ever speak over your life God's covenant truths? Does anybody speak over the words of God in His Word over your sons, over your daughter, over your business, over your life, over your church, over your ministry, over your anointing? Do you speak the power? Because there's power in your words. Your words are important, church. But I wonder how many of us don't realize the importance. And so we were given everything in Genesis chapter. Chapter 1, verse 26. We lost everything in Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. We were instructed how to get it back in Acts, Acts chapter 24, verses, verses 20, uh, 49. And then we were restored back to Acts 2, 4. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit we find in John 14, 26. What is this thing? What is the purpose of the promise of God in my life? Because it's one thing to have the greatest gift but not know how to use it. It's one thing to have the most powerful source in the world living and abiding in you, but you don't know how to activate it. Someone shall activate. John chapter 14, verse 26 This, this. Can you pull that up? I didn't give this to you. John chapter 14, 26. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to teach you all things and to remind you of everything that you have heard and seen from God. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to teach you all things. So if the Holy Spirit isn't teaching you all things, what is? Where are you getting your understanding? Where are you getting your knowledge? Where are you getting this revelation that you get? Because scripture says the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be able to teach you all things. Universities were never meant to teach you everything about God. Professors were never meant to teach you everything about God. I would go as far to say preachers, prophets, and apostles were not meant to teach you everything about God. You know who was? Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'll speak to the two people this morning who agree with me. Isn't it funny that the majority of revelation, let me, let me, let me go further, for, further before that, the majority of our knowledge, the majority of our wisdom we get from people. I would even go to venture to say a lot of our preachers today, the majority of the revelation knowledge they get from Google and YouTube, <laughs> not the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says when though when people are true believers, signs, wonders, and miracles follow them. And if there are signs, wonders, and miracles following true believers, if there isn't really power, if there isn't real power being manifested in the sons and daughters, are they really a believer? According to Scripture. I'll be honest with you. It's easy to beat the seed today. I was putting a new radio in, um, in, my, in my new vehicle. When I finally got it to work after six million hours, it seemed, of uh, putting wires here and connecting wires here, green to green, blue to blue, yellow black to yellow black, I finally got my radio, and as I was putting everything in and the radio was on, it was, there was like some type of secular station. I ended up trying to find some Christian channel, thinking, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get some type of good you know, thinking going on in my mind. And this guy says, no, no lie, man, on a, on a predominant, Christian ch- tele- uh, predominant Christian radio station, he says the power of the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, and miracles were only met through the apostles, not today's church. And I'm thinking, are you serious? When I read scripture, and it says signs, wonders, and miracles follow them who believe. It doesn't say signs, wonders, and miracles follow only apostles. Signs, wonders, and miracles only follow preachers. Signs, wonders, and miracles only follow deacons, elders, and all these kind of people. It follows anyone who believes. And if you've been coming to this church any amount of time, at least in the last six weeks, you've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. Where we've seen people with scars on their arm. Where, because of the enemy hovering over their mind, speaking deceit, planting anxiety, depression, and insecurity the power of God, because they have been saved by the power of Jesus, takes all her scars away and now her arm is smooth. Even last week, we saw God take someone who was a Buddhist, who works every Sunday, who was the owner of a restaurant down the street from us, started closing like every other Sunday so she can start coming to church because of her entire life, she thought that Jesus was just a prophet. Jesus was just a good man that Jesus was not the Son of God. He was not the Christ. He is not the only way to the Father. But because of the testimonies of, of believers, because of signs, wonders, and miracles following those who believe, she lays her hand on her husband who's probably having a heart attack and prays in the name of Jesus and instantly he takes a breath and all that pain in his chest, that stiffness that is in his arm is gone because our God is alive and our God is powerful and our God is supernatural and he can only be known through the Holy Spirit. You can't even be saved without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who draws you to Jesus. And so to, to deny the Holy Spirit is to deny Jesus and, the God, and God the Father. To limit the Holy Spirit to a wind is to be able to limit the power of God in manifesting into your life. And so the whole purpose of Satan is to deceive you and to do what he did to Adam, to take your power, to take your dominion, and to take your authority away. And how does he do that? Through deceiving you, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life, getting you to a place where you you won't activate through faith the power that is in but wants to come upon and saturate every fiber of your soul. And so the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to teach you all things and to remind you all things. John chapter 12, verses 49 through 50. The Holy Spirit, this is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does in John chapter 12, verses 49 through 50. He only says what the Father tells him to say. He doesn't speak on his own behalf. Whatever God says, he says. Whatever Jesus says, he does. Whatever the promises are, he activates and makes alive. Come on, somebody. He is binded to God's word. He must activate when God's word is spoken over you. John chapter 16, verse 13 says this. He only will speak and do only what he hears the Father tells him to do. The point is this. The Holy Spirit is binded to God's word, truth, covenant promises. The Holy Spirit is binded to God's Word. Someone shout His Word, His truth, His covenant promises. Whatever God said and is saying, He performs it, He is the power to make it happen. That is the Holy Spirit's purpose. Acts chapter 2, we were given that power, dominion, and authority. The Holy Spirit is that power, dominion, and authority that he promised 2,000 plus years ago into our life. But the Holy Spirit is only activated when we speak God's spoken word. If the Holy Spirit is binded to God's word, the Bible says that now that you believe you are the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, Another scripture says that you are the heirs of righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin in order that you and I will become the righteousness of God. We were made right in Jesus. In our belief and faith and total trust in him, we were made right. And so now that we are heirs of Christ, everything that belongs to Jesus now belongs to us. Oh, come on now. Do you believe that? Shout amen if you believe that. Everything that Jesus did, now we are able to perform on earth. In fact, Jesus said, in your days, you'll do greater works. But why aren't we seeing greater works? Because no one's speaking out those great works for the Holy Spirit to manifest in our life. Because we don't believe. We don't don't understand. We're like, we find ourselves like the disciples of old, stargazing at Jesus. When Jesus told him, You better go over here and you better tarry, boy. You better go to this place and you better pray till you are in due. Stop stargazing at me and get the power of my Holy Spirit that is going to do more works in you than I ever did as one man on earth. And so we live in a day that we spend more time talking about Jesus. Let me finish before you think I'm being sacrilegious. We spend more time speaking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must go. But the, as quick as I leave, I will be. I'll come quickly back. And he came back in Acts two through the power of His Holy Spirit that came upon His people. Now, here's what's crazy about Acts chapter two when they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit: Jesus didn't teach them speaking in tongues. You get that? There was no teaching of Jesus. And so we live in a day and time where the enemy comes and there's people going all across. I don't understand speaking in tongues. Neither did the disciples because Jesus never taught it to them. Did you catch that? How, do they, how was it activated in their life? They believed. <laughs> and they received and they activated through the spoken word. And the Bible says that a clothed tongue of fire came in that room, filled the entire house. And what were they doing? They were speaking. Someone shouts, You gotta speak in order for it to be activated. Come on now, you gotta speak in order for it to be activated. If Jesus didn't even teach his own disciples speaking in tongues, there must be something that Jesus is wanting us to see that this can only be received by faith, not understanding. Anybody gonna give God praise for that this morning? To which I want you to understand this morning that if you, the reason why most people aren't receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in their life is because they want understanding in order for it to be activated. God says you gotta receive it by faith in order to receive it and for it to come out as power from your mouth. As long as you sit there debating, as long as you sit there reasoning, as long as you sit there arguing, you will never receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples, praise God, even though they hung out with Jesus for three and a half years, even though they saw mighty miraculous signs and wonders with Jesus themselves, they realized even with the lack of understanding, there's some things I just got to receive by faith. Come on, somebody. I just got to receive it and use it And watch God perform what he promised to do with it. Come on. The purpose of the Holy Spirit. Remember, I pray that you you write this down somewhere on your phones or in your notes. The Holy Spirit is binded to God's word to perform it. The Holy Spirit is binded to God's word to perform it. I want you to write this down because I need you to hear this next statement. Thank you. It blesses my heart that you're writing. There's so many things that you'll forget. I want you to get these important biblical truths, these kingdom principles this morning. If the Holy Spirit, I need you to get this this morning. Lean in this morning. Look up here. If the Holy Spirit is bonded to God's word, who is connected to the other words we speak? If the Holy Spirit is binding to the promises of God, then who's bonded to the outbursts of anger that we speak? The loose tongue that we speak? The wasted words that we speak? An unholy spirit. Your words are very important. Not only are your words very important, your words are very powerful. I said your words are powerful. If God's Word, when it's spoken, if the Holy Spirit is binded to God's word to empower, to perform it, then whenever we speak other words, I just can never get this. this I just, I'll never be able to achieve. I'm not, I'm not I, I, I'll never be able to stand up here and preach or speak or teach. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just second, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a second class citizen the enemy is empowered to have authority and dominion over your life. Whenever you speak over your spouse, you're an idiot, you're dumb. You've given authority into your family. Whenever you speak over your kids, and it's like, you're an idiot, you'll never get it. You've given dominion over Satan in that problem. Whenever you look over a situation, she's never gonna overcome lesbianism. She's never gonna overcome homosexuality. This is just their law in life. You, you have given authority Power and dominion to the enemy. Just like it was with Adam, you give up the promises of God, and they're no longer activated in your life. Isn't it funny, Jacob and Esau, Esau who had all the promises, and you know what he traded the promises over his life, the blessing for? A bowl of soup. Because he was hungry in the moment, and didn't have enough faith to pursue one in the now. A lot of us think, well, that is so silly. He gave up his entire inheritance from his father for a bowl of soup, but we do it every day with an outburst of anger. We do it every day with gossip and unbelief. We do it every day with a lack of understanding when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit as we speak things like, I don't understand that, I don't need that, that was for then and not for now, and the Holy Spirit is binded to God's word but can't get to you because you keep speaking an unholy promise over your life, and Satan, all his demons have dominion and authority and power over your life, over your spouse, over your kids, over your mother, over your father, because your words have power. Isn't it interesting that in one day, and what someone shout one day, you can come to church, experience the power of God in your life, and then on this, within the same stride, go out there and want to cuss somebody who crosses you wrong on Woodruff Road or I, you know I eighty five. Come on, am I speaking truth this morning? In one full swoop, one minute, you're operating in the power of God. One minute, you're experiencing signs, wonders, and miracles, and then you step out of the church, and all hell seems to break loose over your life. I wonder what would happen if you actually filtered that last week, last month, last year, the power of your words that you spoke over your life. Because yes, God, is, God, is, God is, his Holy Spirit, is binding to perform his word, and every Sunday, we are experiencing signs, wonders, and miracles across the board. Financial, family, freedom. So many people who were Buddhists coming to know Christ. But then in the same stride, we're walking out there and we're like, every, we're experiencing life in one, in one moment and then experiencing death on all fronts. And we're wondering, how can this be? If I'm a son of God, if I'm a daughter of God, if I am an heir of righteousness, how can this be happening to me? Because of the power of your words. Because you activate it one moment and then you deactivate it the next. You activate it in church. You're in a, I mean, can I just be honest with you? When church right now is almost like peer pressure, it's peer pressure to let worship God. Everybody's almost lifting their hands. Almost everybody's worshiping. When we go to youth camps, it's peer pressure to give your life to the Lord. Anybody ever been to church camp? Raise your hands. Isn't it? It's the most holiest place in the world. Everybody's ugly crying and snot is going all over the I mean, it's amazing. Why? Spoken word for like five days. But then you go home for seven and all hell breaks loose. And you, you, you found your life to be worse than it was before. Why? The power of the word the power of the word, the spoken word over your life. You start hanging out with people who keep speaking unholy things. You keep watching things that are unholy things, not realizing the Holy Spirit would not live in an unholy vessel. Okay, I'll see you next week. That's all you need right there. Because the Holy Spirit is the power of God to make his promises manifest and come real in your life. Amen? Yeah, amen. The book of James, chapter 3, I'm gonna, I'll, here's where I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures so you can do your own Bible studies yourself. Um, this, this will be the main text that I go into, James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, and then I'm going to skim through a lot. James, chapter 3, 1 through 12, I'm going to read the rest. I won't. No, I will. I'm going to read them. Can you, um, can you all do it? Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses, we make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take the ship as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered very by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the entire body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, fire and is itself set on fire by hell all kinds of animals birds reptiles sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with the tongue we praise our lord and father Doesn't this scripture sound like some of us this morning? And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? or a grapevine bare figs. Neither can a salt spring produce, produce fresh water. If you are filled by the Spirit, then you need to be led by the Spirit. You ought to walk by the Spirit. Talk, act, conduct yourselves in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I said amen. Proverbs chapter 18, 20 through 21 says this. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 through 21 says this. From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. 1 Peter chapter 3:10 says this. 1 Peter chapter 3:10. For whoever would love Life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Leave it there. How many of you want to love life? How many of you want to see good days? Here's the secret to it. And if you're not seeing this manifesting in your life, if you're not seeing the power of the Holy Spirit making this alive in your life, what deceitful speech is coming out of your mouth today? Proverbs chapter 15 verse 4 says this. Proverbs chapter 15, verse four. Do we have that? I'm sorry. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the what. What crushes the spirit? The tongue. Matthew 15:11, Matthew 15:11. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth that is what defiles them. Proverbs twelve fourteen says this. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things and the work of their hands bring them reward. Do you want reward to be brought to you? Do you want to be filled with good things? Guard your tongue. James chapter one, 26 says this. James chapter one, verse 26 says this. Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves. And their religion is useless, and their religion is worthless. What are you saying, Pastor Mark? This is what I'm saying. With your tongue, with your words, you can do one or two things. Number one, someone shot number one. You can speak life equals Holy Spirit. Number one, speak life, equals Holy Spirit. Number two, speak death. Equals unholy spirit. What are you speaking this morning? What are you speaking this week? What are you speaking over your life? How does death come to family finances and to our freedom? Our personal freedom in Jesus Christ. When we yield to the enemy and disobey God's word, the Holy Spirit is no longer activated in our life. In other words, we have no power, dominion, and authority over our life anymore. When we yield our words, when we yield our feelings to the enemy, when we allow things that are not of the Holy Spirit but are unholy, the Holy Spirit has no more power over our life. But those who walk in step with the Spirit, those of us who guard our tongues... Those of us who don't allow unholy things to filter or to go in and then come out, the Bible says you will be filled with good things and you and reward will follow you your days of your life. I don't know about you, but I want good things to come to my life. I want reward to come to my wife, reward to come to my children, rewards to come to my boys, rewards to come to my daughter, rewards to come to my church. I want rewards to come to our ministries. I want rewards to come to this city. I want the power of God to seek and save the lost. You know how it happens? Through the power of our words. Whenever we speak, this world is lost. The enemy has power. Whenever we speak, there's no hope for Greenville, South Carolina. The enemy has dominion. Whenever we think, this is just who I am, and this this is just my Lord in life, we've given the enemy authority over our purpose. We've given the enemy authority over our promise. We've given the enemy power, dominion, and authority over our life. But I wonder, are there anybody who are going to take God's promises and let them be yes and amen and walk them, not just today, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and continue. I wonder if there are people in this place, women and men in this house, who say, I'm going to speak God's word in my cubicle. I'm going to speak God's word on a school bus. I'm going to speak God's word in a police car. I'm going to speak God's word in my office. I'm going to speak God's word over my clients. I'm going to speak God's word because I choose to speak life, not death, blessings, not curses, over mankind. Choose to guard my tongue. I choose to be able to speak good things into this world uh, because I know my words are important and my words have power. They have meaning. I'm never going to get my kids back. You're right, you're never going to get your kids back. My business is never going to flourish. You're right, your business is never going to flourish. My son's never going to turn around. You're right, your son's never going to turn around because you keep with those words giving dominion power and authority to the enemy over those things in your life. Ephesians 1 says, every heavenly blessing is ours. There is no limit to God in your life. There is no limit to God in your family. There is no limit to God in your finances. There is no limit to God in your freedom. There is no limit to God. But for some reason, we have, a li- we have limited God in certain areas. There's some of us who believe in miracles, but we don't believe in our identity in him. There's some who believe they have an identity with Jesus Christ, but they don't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles manifesting through them personally. I believe the pastor, and I believe they're holy. I believe they're good, and I believe they're right. But for me, no. And God says, put the limits off. No limits when it comes to my power. No limit when it comes to my goodness. No limits when it comes to me rewarding those who diligently seek me, who obey my commands, who obey my statutes, who love me unconditionally, who believe everything I say to them, regardless of how I personally taught them. Like the disciples God, you didn't teach us what it meant to be overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. You didn't teach us what it looked like when it came to be clothed with power. You didn't show us an example of what it meant to be speaking in tongues. But they received it anyways. And as they received it, Peter went from being somebody who cussed, denied Jesus three times, to now being the pillar of the church over the disciples. Peter, who denied people who said, aren't you a follower of Jesus Christ? And if you study the history of Peter, when he was crucified, the Bible or history tells us that he said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucified me upside down. Which is even worse. But he had so much power over his feelings. So much power over his body. So much power over everything feeling that kept trying to steal, kill, and destroy the anointing that was in his life. That is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, in every area of our life. David, Pizarro, come here. None of this is staged. Can you give him a mic? Just be honest. No cookie cutter approach. I'm going to ask you a few questions, okay? Let's say... The Holy Spirit, right now, came in a way that was just tangible, like it was 2,000 years ago. Jesus and body, Holy Spirit and body, right here, right now. And the Holy Spirit came to your house. Let's say you had a house. What would your dream house look like, David? Um, How many square feet? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no limits, no limits, no limits, right? Let's say you had a two-story house, okay? Sure. Let's say, what would your dream bedroom look like?
1: Big, <laughs> big.
0: Spacious. No limits. I love this guy. I love this guy. All right. Let's say the Holy Spirit came and tangibly created, or, uh, tangibly came just like Jesus, and he came and he knocked on your door, and he wanted to live in your house. What, what room would you give him um, in your house? I'd probably give him... Like, my bedroom? Why would you give him your bedroom? Because it's like the biggest and
1: most spacious (laughs) one.
0: How many of you would give him your bedroom? Come on now, participate this morning. You would give him your bedroom, okay? Why would you give him the bedroom?
1: Because I I would be sleeping in the best one. Okay. And so, if he's there, I'm like, oh, you can have the best one. you know.
0: So, would you agree you would give God your best? Okay. Okay, so, Holy Spirit... He's living in your bedroom. While he comes and he and he cleans up the room and he organizes everything the way the Holy Spirit wants it to be because it's his room, right? The enemy comes knocking on your door. The enemy comes, knocks on your door, you open the door, and he busts through the kitchen, he busts through the living room, he makes mess of the living room, he makes mess of the guest room, he makes mess of the garage, he destroys your pool. Would you be mad? I'd be, I'd be mad. Why would you be mad, David? Uh Uh-huh.
1: I probably worked really hard to get it to like be nice and clean and tidy.
0: But I thought now that the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have dominion, power, and authority.
1: Yeah. So I'd kick him out.
0: But you can't kick him out in the flesh. Because the only power that we have to kick the enemy out is through who? The Holy Spirit. See, this is the difference between power of the Holy Spirit and just positive (laughs) thinking. When I say speak God's word, I'm not, I'm not talking about positive thinking. Because you can do positive thinking without the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, it don't matter what you have. The has, enemy has access to it. But notice, he didn't come into your bedroom. Why?
1: Because the Holy Spirit's in there.
0: But you gave him your best. Thank you. That is where so many Christians lie today. We give God our best, but your best is not good enough. As long as you give him your best, and you don't give him all, the enemy still has access to your life. Because God doesn't just want your best. God doesn't want just your bedroom. He wants every room. Not only does God want your best, he wants your trash. He wants your garage. He wants every place of your house. Why? So when the enemy comes and knocks on that door, now it's not you opening up the door. Now it's not just you and your willpower and motivational thinking. Now when you open a door, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And the enemy has no access. The enemy has no authority over your life. This is where the enemy is tricking so much of the church. Because we're getting mad at God, because we gave God our best. We're getting mad at God. God, I gave you the best part of me. And why is my wife being attacked? Why are my kids so lost? Why does my business seem to flounder? Why does everything else in my life seem to be just up in shambles? Why? Because you have yet to give the power of the Holy Spirit access. You have yet to allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in those areas of your life. And because of that, you will always be in lack. As I close and the worship team comes up, what area in your life have you not given the Holy Spirit access and authority and dominion over What area in your life Have you allowed unholy things to be spoken out of your life? And now the enemy has dominion, power, and authority in those areas. I'm never going to get over the loss of my father. I'm never going to get over the loss of my mother. I'm never going to get over the loss of this person who died in my life. Oh, my God, turn. Turn this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to have activity in that area of your life I'm just a woman what how can I minister and how can I be impactful <laughs> I have so much fear I have so much worry I'm in battle how can I experience the supernatural power of God in my life can I give you the promise give you the secret you speak God's promises over you <laughs> You get in God's word and you get God's promises and you speak that over your wife and you speak that over your husband. You speak that over your kids. You speak that over your future wife. You speak that over your future husband. I kept speaking life over my future wife when I was a teenager. I'm gonna marry the most beautiful woman in the world. She's gonna gonna love driving and she's gonna love cooking. Hello, I'm simple minded (laughs) y'all. Simple minded. When I dated Jennifer, she didn't cook at all. At all. <laughs> in fact, she was the pickiest person I knew when it came to eating anything in life. Never been, never had Japanese food, Chinese food. I'm like, girl, you married an Asian. You better get up in that. Never ate Mexican, never ate Italian food. None of it. So when we dated, I introduced her to the finer things of life. Took her to Olive to our first restaurant on a date, or our second date and the Olive Garden in Charleston had wheels. So she's like, this rush, this, th- this chairs have wheels. She's rolling everywhere, man. It's like a wheelchair race all across Olive Garden. It was hilarious. And now, my wife cooks every favorite meal of mine. <laughs> she learned every, fa- every favorite Filipino dish that my mom makes, she can make it. Cooks the best, everything. Best pork chops, best chicken adobo, best red uh, chicken uh, chicken and red rice and bacon. Oh, my God, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm preaching now, right? Y'all, y'all getting hungry? Spirit of hunger coming upon you this morning? Spoken. A woman who never liked doing any of that now does it all. Not only that, but she loves the Lord. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, lays hands on our kids praise the supernatural power of God in our life. Our marriage didn't come by accident. It came through purpose. Through the power of the spoken word. This isn't one of those naming and it things. What I'm saying is the promises of God are yes and amen. Stand to your feet this morning. For those of you who are taking notes, hold this hold your notebook in your hand, I wanna give you some promises. How many of you are dealing with weakness? Raise your hand. Isaiah 40, verse 29, can you pull that up? Isaiah 40, 29 says this. He gives strength to the weary. Receive the spoken word over your life this morning and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to manifest this over your life. And increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 40, 31 says this. But those who hope in the Lord, someone shall hope in the Lord. Someone shall hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not be faint. How many of you, how many of you have battled fear in your life? you battled fear in your life. Raise your hand. Speak this promise over the Lord over your life. Psalms 23 verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalms 27 verse 1 says this, Psalms 27 verse 1 says this, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Isaiah 43:2 Isaiah 43, 2. Do you have Isaiah 43, 2? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Come on, somebody. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, 17, uh, verse seven, you don't have this one. I didn't give this one to you. For I have not given you a spirit of fear. Do you realize fear is an unclean spirit? Fear is an unholy spirit. Fear was never meant to be in your life. So many of us have lived with it, we've coped with it. So many of us have coped with it for so long, it's become familiar in our lives. We think it's normal. This is just who I am. God says that's not who you are. You are strong and victorious. You are a mighty woman, or a mighty woman, or man of valor. You are supposed to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. These are the promises of God. And God's scripture says in First Timothy chapter one verse seven, "I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I have given you a spirit." Someone said, "He's given me a spirit." A spirit of what, you might say? Of power, and of love, and of a sound, disciplined mind. How many of you have ever experienced or in a battle right now? You've experienced a battle or in a battle? Raise your hand. Both hands and a foot are raised this morning. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. No weapon forged forged means created no weapon forged or ever created against you will prosper and he will take care of every tongue that accuses you do you have someone bashing you do you have someone speaking ill will of you do you have somebody hover do you have an evil spirit hovering over your head he says i will take care of your accuser i will take care of the enemy i will take care of every word curse, every generational curse every word that has been planted to die, take the anointing the power the dominion, and the, i will take care of your accusers you know why i love this next part this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me. Vindication means I will prove them. I will make them right. Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God will meet all your needs. If you have a need this morning, raise your hands. Keep your hands raised if you have a need this morning. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Amen, church? Amen, church? I said amen, church? Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. He's a way maker, but He'll never make a way if you don't provide a way through your words. He won't make a way if you don't provide the prophecy over your life. He won't make a way if you keep speaking unholy things over this situation. He won't break the chains. He won't break the gates of bronze. He won't break the lives of the enemy. If you don't speak that covenant truth right here, right now, some of you, a lot of you, raise your hands. How about right now, you speak God's promises over your life? Open up your mouth and speak life. Are you struggling in your marriage? Speak life. Are you struggling with your belief of the Holy Spirit? Speak life. Do you have some type of issue in your body? And the doctor said there is no hope. Speak life. I can't hear you, church. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Silence, silence. Go into a counter after this scripture. Psalms 34, 17. I didn't understand why God gave me these two scriptures. Every hand down. It's complete silence. Psalms 34, 17 says this. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them. He delivers them all from all their trouble. You are delivered from all your trouble when you what, though? When you what? Will God deliver me if I stay silent? Will God deliver me if I'm just apathetic? Will God deliver me if I'm lethargic? Will God deliver me if I'm lazy? Will God deliver me if I don't speak life over the current situation? Oh, my God. Raise your hands right now. Psalms 107, 13, verse 16 says this. Don't worry about writing the scripture down. Watch it on YouTube. Every hand raised. I need everyone standing, please, right now. Every hand. Just raise if you would, just in obedience to the house, disobey. obey. Yeah. Psalms 107, 13 through 16 says this, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. How many of you have been in distress? It says, cry out to the Lord. Stop allowing the lies of the enemy, the spirit of untruth, the spirit of deviation, the spirit of division to come over your life and cry out to the Lord. Lord. Stop looking for humanistic knowledge. Stop looking for reason. Stop looking for man to teach you, man to touch you, man to train you, man to lead you. And let the Holy Spirit right now come into your life and experience and encounter how? When you, when you surrender every room, not your best, every place, not just one place every part of your life to the Holy Spirit this morning. What is it that you need? Do you need wisdom to raise your kids? Cry out. Do you need the Holy Spirit to break the chains and I engage over homosexuality? Cry out. Is there a spirit of fear in your home? Cry out. Is there a spirit of anxiety, depression, church, cry Out. Be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Be encapsulated with His power. Be totally saturated in every fiber of your being. Terry. Holy Spirit says, Don't leave this room. Don't leave this room till you tarry. Don't leave this room till you are filled. Don't leave this room until you are totally saturated. Don't leave this room. Come on, man. Come on, church. Come on, team. Cry out. I want to encounter you, Holy Spirit. I want to encounter you, power of God. Cry out. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Break the chains over your mouth. Break the chains over the enemy, over your tongue. Break the chains. And let the power of the Holy Spirit come in. And captivate
1: everything now. Roar a bocado soda my soda. Roar a bocado soda my soda. now. Sense say you
0: Spirit of a living God, God. God. God, be honored in this place, Lord. Be honored in this place, Lord. Be honored in this house, Father. Right now, yes, Lord. Go back. Go, go to that in a minute. This morning. The Holy Spirit is wanting to fill you with His Holy Spirit. He's wanting to saturate you right now this morning. And you would say, I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in a way like it was in Acts 2. I'm not saying you're supposed to be slain in the Spirit. I'm not saying you're supposed to be running throughout this place. I'm not saying you're supposed to control or cry uncontrollably. I'm not saying you're supposed to have an ugly cry and snot all over the altar. What I'm saying is, Are you willing, no matter what the Holy Spirit or however the Holy Spirit manifests, nothing else matters unless having him. Nothing else matters. No conditions. No conditions.